Hello and what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Progressive Outlook. I am your host Dave and I hope everyone is safe, uh, being chill, keeping it cool and calm and everything. Um, not just about uh, the Omicron virus uh, and just, just life in general. Just hope everything is going great for everybody out there. Uh, also, if you, again, if you like what you hear, want to subscribe, like, oh, follow, wherever you do with your uh, podcast platforms you're listening to this on, go ahead and keep up with future updates of episodes of this. This isn't going to stop. Uh, also, if you want to reach out, I have a website of, at WordPress, uh, Progressive Outlook there. Also, you could go to anchor.fm, Progressive Outlook, and send a voice message. I could play it on here too, respond back. If you don't want to don't want to interact or reach out or anything, that's all good, you know. Nothing nothing off your back over there. You know, I'm not putting a gun in anyone's head. So it's all good. Just just keep listening. I don't mind that. <laughs> but yes, uh, this topic is about Roe versus Wade. I took my time to uh, gather my thoughts and information on here because I mean, shoot, Oof. like what, ever since Trump appointed the Supreme Court justices, you know, everyone just had a feeling that, you know, Roe versus Wade was going to be a chopping block, um, and then it came down Texas's bounding decision, and after that, it, it just kept thinking, like, there's going to be more, there's going to be another thing, there's going to be another thing, so I just want to wait till there is maybe enough information to address on here and believe me it's not over this will be amended with an update as well uh, because like i said there's more on the way there's just yeah it's not going to stop there especially with other states now coming up with their own bounty programs to put pressure on texas on how ridiculous are the bill that they passed but anyway that's enough rambling over here let's start the show political showdown over the new Supreme Court nominee today shifts to the Senate. President Obama's choice, Merrick Garland, will go to Capitol Hill this afternoon to meet with Democratic senators. Republicans are standing by their vow not to consider Garland or any nominee before the November election. The 63-year-old federal appellate judge wants to be the 113th justice to serve on the nation's highest court. So this could go way back, all the way back to Roe versus Wade, of course. Um, you could talk about all the states after that that tried to pass their own bills, trying to circumvent it. And also we could talk about the Supreme Court uh, that Trump put in place that led to what Texas is in right now. At the end of Obama's presidency, uh, when Justice Scalia died, he had several nominations in mind for that seat. But ultimately, his final decision was Merrick Garland for Supreme Justice. The GOP blocked it and complained that he should wait for the next president to fill in that role. And uh, that was actually headlined by Mitch McConnell, who was running the Senate at the time. And he was boasting about stopping uh, Eric Garland's nomination. That was the last one that he had signed up and the closest one that could have been nominated. So. Back in August 2016, he, quote, said, 
One of my proudest moments was when I looked Barack Obama in the eye and I said, Mr. President, you will not fill the Supreme Court vacancy. In April 2018, McConnell said the decision not to act upon the Garland nomination was, quote, the most consequential decision I've made in my entire public career. Mitch McConnell actually proud that he blocked Barack Obama's Supreme Court nominations. And guess what? He didn't get to fill in that seat. And in came Trump's nomination when he became president. He uh, filled that role quickly, I should say, with Brett Kavanaugh and being a Trump nominee. And like a lot of nominations, especially regarding Trump, he had baggage, a lot of sexual harassment baggage. And he was grilled by the by set by the Senate. He cried. He whined. But at the end of the day, they elected him because, hey, he was Trump's boy. He was a conservative. He wasn't uh, the president's first pick at the time. He was more establishment friendly. But Trump did get to a point who he wanted in the first place, who's a little bit more wilder, I should say. When Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away back in September of 2020, it was the exact same situation Obama was in when Antonio Scalia died. And it just opened up a flood of politics into that door after their death because suddenly the question was who's going to be appointed next now the senate was telling obama that he should wait and hold off and the next president should elect here's trump same things on his doorstep and the senate now tells him like hey go ahead quickly nominate who you want so the following president in case it's joe biden doesn't have the chance to fill in that seat and trump actually goes with his first decision that he wanted to over Brett Kavanaugh. He wanted it to be Amy Coney Barrett. Trump faced no senatorial pushback, showing the double standard that Obama experienced. And at the end of the day, the Republican Party got what they wanted. They stacked the courts. They had a conservative Supreme Court. So it wasn't a surprise that Roe versus Wade would be put into question sometime down the road with this new Supreme Court. It's just how it came about really threw people in for a whirlwind. Now keep in mind with a new justice that's appointed, uh, anything with a new senator, a new representative, a president, attorney general, anyone, and give them a benefit of doubt to actually see what they are. Uh, yeah, considering if they already have a history that proves what type of person that they are, the actions that they do, but still in a new position, they might do things differently. They might see things differently. I'll give them benefit of doubt. And the same thing was sort of in the case with the Supreme Court. Still holding my breath like, eh, we'll see how this turns out and everything. But uh, honestly, at the end of the day, for me personally, I think that when it comes down to these decisions about abortion and women's rights and what should happen to their reproductive system, it should be decided only by women. I wouldn't mind if there was actually all the women in Supreme Court, which is three at the moment, actually debate about this. I have an opinion about this, but it shouldn't be a deciding factor because I'm a man. It won't affect me and it won't affect other men like me. I don't know, I never will know what pregnancy feels like. 
I will never be put in a situation of me being raped and I have to make a decision about, about what's going to happen with this pregnancy being on the line or just any decision of being in a situation that will have me question a pregnancy. So thus, I shouldn't have any power of a deciding factor in a matter. I can have an opinion. Everyone has an opinion about everything. That's literally what this podcast episode is. It's an opinion. But again, it's not a deciding factor. So to get back on track, Governor Abbott of Texas, we're going to talk about their history as well. He um, signed the Section 8 bill, Texas Heartbeat Act, and it was signed into law. And that's what got everything up in arms, which makes sense because what it is, is legalizing a bounty program of people to sue either someone who had an abortion or someone who assisted it six weeks after conception. So, which is just the target there because people don't realize that they're pregnant till several weeks later. Unless it's something that they've been trying to do and it's something that they're constantly checking for because they want to get pregnant. But if someone who doesn't even expect it at all, then several weeks down the road is when they find out. But that's the idea behind this. And not just that. So when person A finds out that she's pregnant and she doesn't want to go through the pregnancy. But if it's too late by then, then she'll be stuck and be forced to go through this pregnancy. Now, now this law is indirectly enforced by the state, but technically it isn't. It's actually through private lawsuits. So it goes through the civil courts. That's why it's a bounty program of person A suing person B. Because that's how the state of Texas can sit there and say, we have nothing to do with that lawsuit because it's between two private individuals and it has nothing to do with the state of Texas. So a bit of a mixed outcome here, mm -hmm. Jim and Erica. So first of all, good news for the abortion providers in this case. They can, in fact, move forward with their lawsuit to attempt to block this law. On the flip side, though, the Supreme Court has not blocked the law in the meantime while their challenge goes forward. So today marks the 100th day that this law, SB 8, has been in effect, effectively shutting down abortion clinics in the state. And it turns out, according to the Supreme Court this morning, that effective shutdown will continue. However, the abortion providers will be able to challenge this law because remember, that was the issue in this case. Because of the unique structure of this law, where Texas effectively gave that enforcement power to private citizens to bring lawsuits to enforce this law as opposed to state officials enforcing this law. That was really a, a runaround of how people could challenge that and that was the issue here. Can people even challenge this law? The Supreme Court saying yes. The, the Supreme Court now saying abortion providers can move forward with their lawsuit against certain state officials. However, in the meantime, the law will continue. So this law will still be on the books for however long it takes this challenge to proceed. However, it appears that now that this challenge can move forward, these abortion providers would then go to the district court judge in Texas. This district court judge previously ruled in their favor and blocked the law. He called that SB 8 a law 
flagrantly unconstitutional. So presumably these abortion providers will act quickly to go to the district court in Texas. The Texas judge would then also act quickly. But for now, this law is still on the books, still blocking abortions mm -hmm. once a fetal heartbeat is detected around six weeks. And you know, this has really thrown the state of abortion in Texas into disarray. We've heard stories, obviously abortion clinics effectively shutting down there. We've heard stories from abortion clinics in neighboring surrounding states saying how they're overwhelmed because women from Texas are coming to their clinics and women have been having to travel hundreds of miles, be paying hundreds or thousands of dollars to get abortions while the state of Texas is no longer offering them. So again, to recap, a bit of a mixed outcome here. Uh, the law remains in effect. The Supreme Court did not block it. However, they did give abortion providers a path to challenge this law, meaning a lower court judge could block it again soon, guys. So that's the case of it there. Supreme Court said like, yeah, you guys have this pending lawsuit to challenge this. We'll, we'll let that go. It keeps going. But basically, this law can still be put in place. So we're not going to block that. So basically, yeah, it's still a looming cloud over Texas, over Texas and abortion providers, where they're just seeing um, a resolution for this. This is such a, like they said earlier, this is such a strange thing because it's about putting, it's deputizing private citizens to question people's uh, rights and constitutional rights. Remember, this is under the 14th Amendment as well. Roe versus Wade fell under there. So basically, that private citizens can now do this? Is that what it's leading up to? And the lawsuit that the abortion providers were taking to the Supreme Court, they said that still could go through the circuits, so they could still question it. However, now it's going to the appeals court. It's not going to go back to the lower court, said the judge, who said it was unconstitutional. Instead, it was requested by Texas officials, by uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton. He said he wanted to go to the appeals court. So, yeah, basically, I don't know. It looks like it's going to be set to die. Um, that's basically it. It's going to go to this appeals court. We'll know what this guy's going to say. Most likely, he's just going to allow it and just kill that lawsuit there. So, it'll just keep rolling out. The Supreme Court can actually block the law. I think it's ridiculous that there's a law being challenged. And they said, like, oh, yeah, well, we'll still let it be a thing while it's literally still being challenged. So they should have stopped it. But of course, they actually don't care about the law. They don't care about the people that it's affecting too. And it's not like that the Supreme Court nominations were the only reason why Texas passed this law. Like they're just sitting and waiting. They've been passing laws in the past. Uh, they passed a law back in 2013 of restricting abortion clinics. And they had two lawsuits. First lawsuit was... 2013 right before uh, that went into effect and the second one was the following year and those went to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court ruled that uh, the laws that Texas put in effect was unjust it was five to three decision so they couldn't just put restrictions on the delivery of abortion services as of today December 18th 2021 uh, the law has been in effect since September but uh, no one has used it against an abortion provider uh, as of yet. Uh, several people have fled the state, gone to Oklahoma for abortions. Uh, clinics actually haven't been conducting abortions after six weeks out of fear of getting sued. But uh, that's where things stand as of right now. So what's next? 
You know, there's a, a while here that will empower citizens, deputize them to take the laws in their hands of suing people for $10,000. And actually, they get the court fees, too. Uh, if they lose a lawsuit, they don't have to pay for court fees. They don't lose anything. It's a law that circumvents uh, Supreme, Supreme Court decisions, uh, possibly your constitutional rights in the future, whatever else they'll go for. So what's, what's next? Obviously, it's not a surprise that other states would be inspired by Texas, such as South Dakota, um, Governor Kristi Noem said that uh, she wants to make sure we have the strongest pro-life laws in the books and is looking at something like that. Uh, Wilton Simpson, the Republican leader of the Florida State Senate, said that uh, he's actually working on a statute similar to that of Texas. However, um, there's been something on the flip side, too, especially started by Governor Newsom. When he took a look at what happened in Texas, and he's actually putting his ruling on his law just to question the Supreme Court, put them in a tight stance of it. Because he actually wants to put a ban on 3D printed guns and assault weapons. So his is basically deputizing private citizens to sue gun and ghost gun manufacturers. You know, the people who make untraceable guns. That's what I said with the 3D printed guns. Uh, anything that just goes past of needing a serial number. Uh, gun distributors as well of easily putting guns on the street. So they had the toughest gun laws and limiting the ownership of AR-15s. So... Basically, that's what he's going for, because he knows that is going to go to the Supreme Court, and they have to allow that rule, that law to go through. If not that, then they're going to have to go to the Texas law and stop that one from going through. So you can't have one way than the other. That's why he's trying to put them in a tight spot. This is technically not just a, not a play for gun control, but it's actually a play to put them in a tight spot regarding the ruling on abortion. But if it is that, then hey, it'll just fall for something under gun control in California. Now, I'm not really a fan of Newsom. The housing market in California is insane. I feel like he just let it go that way. And he hasn't really done his best to curb that and the unemployment levels out there. But, I mean... I agree with him on this take here. I agree with him on this stance. Uh, it's a good way to uh, go against this Texas bill. It would be interesting to see private citizens sue someone, one another, um, for $10,000 regarding someone who manufactures, distributes, or sells an assault weapon or a ghost gun in California. That will be an interesting lawsuit. And yes, we do know that will go to the Supreme Court because of the Second Amendment in that case. But Newsom isn't the only person taking this law and trying to turn around to their best benefit and outcome. Out here in Chicago, Representative Kelly Cassidy, she's actually turning this upside down on its head, literally. What it is, instead of $10,000 bounty going after people who've committed an abortion six weeks after or someone who assisted, this is actually going to go after people who caused unwanted pregnancy. 
even if it resulted from consensual sex or anyone who committed sexual assault or abuse, including domestic violence. So it's going after just attackers, abuse, rapists, all that. Um, to quote Cassidy, she said, if folks are policing the bodies of people who are seeking reproductive health care in Texas, well, then maybe we should be policing the bodies of the people who are causing those problems here in Illinois, end quote. So instead of going after actual victims of, let's say, of a sex crime, you go after the actual victimizers that's causing it. Because Texas is basically going to these people who are victims, who want abortions for what happened to them, and instead saying, like, no, 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 you just go through that whole thing entirely. And they're just going to be stuck with the burden. While this is going to actually $10,000 just to go after someone who committed a sex crime or domestic abuse and just bring them in for it. Now, the whole thing is it's still crazy because, of course, this is just a slap in the face of Texas. You know, they're not entirely bought in like this will go all the way here. They just doing this and slap in the face of Texas to show how ridiculous their bill is looking. And if it ends up going to the Supreme Court... If the Supreme Court doesn't agree with them, then we'll have to go back to that Texas bill, too, and realize just how ridiculous Texas's bill is to begin with. Um, when it comes down to just in general of just privatizing citizens to be deputized and just go after other people um, that they hear about or that they know that committed something, is basically making the snitch program into a bill. That's literally it. But the problem with this is that not everybody does their research on snitching. You know, it's just basically imagining a gossipy neighbor trying to send someone to court just because they think they might be drug dealers across the street, even though someone works, like, late at night. Now, I'm not saying Kelly Cassidy's bill is absurd, or anything like that. Actually, out of all these takes um, with the ghost guns, that's a good idea. Um, especially Kelly's, that's a good idea. But at the same time, there has to be safeguards in these cases. So just to make sure the actual people are brought to, to brought to justice, I should say. But you know, it's crazy how we are here in this day and age of 2021. And there's still a raw deal regarding Roe versus Wade. A um, long time ago, like someone, someone, it's just a constant complaint of women saying that, you know, it's old white men making decisions about our bodies, which I totally agree on. I mentioned that earlier. Like, seriously, um, men shouldn't be making those decisions about women at all. But, you know, seriously, this is backed by a strong religious propaganda and i even say belief is this propaganda um just control just control what a woman does it just slightly putting them in their place in that case of it there just knowing that you can have a law that they can't do something that that person a can't do it's so wild out there it really is and the fact that there's people who say like oh you know just go other states for abortions who just don't want to do it here and just go to other states for that like Oof, man, that'd be a weird turn of events where the laws will vary so much, even constitutionally, from state to state. Yeah, you want to get married? If you guys are gay, you want to get married? If ladies are gay, you want to get married? 
Eh, go somewhere else. Go to New York for that. That's not a thing in North Dakota. That's ridiculous. You know, this should be universal. That's what that's literally what the point of these constitutional rights are. It's all universal. The Supreme Court decisions where they decide something that's a ruling, that's a ruling there. Yeah. Um, if a state wants to challenge that ruling, go for it. But to just release your own bills, just pass your own bills, challenge it. That's ridiculous right there. I don't care of which side it is here or there and on that. I go through the proper channels. That's how I feel on this. That's how I feel. It should go through with all of that. Go through the proper channels. Just question if something is actually constitutional ruling or not. If there was a Supreme Court decision, that's how they should do this. Just not to go rogue with it. And that's literally what Texas is doing. I think the current court has gone in the wrong direction. And so I would want to see uh, the Supreme Court uh, reverse Citizens United and get dark, unaccountable money out of our politics. Donald doesn't agree with that. I would like the Supreme Court to understand that voting rights are still a big problem in many parts of our country, that we don't always do everything we can to make it possible for people of color and older people and young people to be able to exercise their franchise. I want a Supreme Court that will stick with Roe v. Wade and a woman's right to choose, and I want a Supreme Court that will stick with marriage equality. Now, Donald has put forth the names of some people that he would consider, and among the ones that he has suggested are people who would reverse Roe v. Wade and reverse marriage equality. I think that would be a terrible mistake and would take us backwards.